Let's have the conversation at SAFM Radio on Twitter. Let's welcome um, Gadi, um, Sbani Mgadi, who's the chairperson of the South African Liquor Brand Owners Association. Good morning. Sbani, good morning. Hello, good morning, Patricia. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clearly. I thought you were now also being restricted to talk to me. I was getting a bit worried there. <laughs> so the alcohol industry has once again appealed to the government to lift the ban on alcohol sales. And you are saying that you want a clear and detailed plan that will assist with economic recovery. But is is this not a bit too late, a call that has come a bit too late? Because we've heard about what's happening with one of the biggest brewers in South Africa, SAB. No, no, it's not. Actually, the current ban as it is now no longer makes any sense uh, for it to be extended any further than Sunday. Uh, firstly, you, you, you had the reports from the health ministry this morning indicating that the, the numbers, infections are, are slowing down, number of provinces are declining, and uh, certainly that if then the justification was the increase in the dead waves, that uh, it's falling off. And then secondly, the issue you were talking about in terms of the uh, instability and the looting that happened in Guadalajara and Gauteng over the past week, uh, certainly that has resulted in uh, mainly liquor outlets becoming primary targets. There is no shopping center that has been looted and and uh, any uh, liquor outlets spread from, from that attack. Actually, they were the first ones to be to be attacked and that expanded to warehouses, distribution centers, and we even had primary uh, uh, production sites being, being targeted. So if, if we look at it to say more than 500 million worth of stock was stolen during that period, it means there is a massive amount of stock circulating between KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. And considering that the two provinces are almost half the population of South Africa, Kaiser 10, 11 million, Gauteng 15 million. So it means probably uh, we are, if we are to extend the current ban, we are just disadvantaging the law abiding citizens who are being deprived the right to shop alcoholic drinks at this point. Swane, let's say that the president lifts the ban um, in his next address. Would it be would it be honest for us to think that the alcohol industry is going to be able to operate uh, normally under these circumstances? You've said that warehouses have been uh, damaged, um, plants have been damaged, uh, outlets have been damaged. So would it be, uh, you know, prudent of us to say it's just going to operate normally, the ban will be lifted and alcohol will be freely available? Okay, you will recall that of the, of the nine provinces, seven were not necessarily affected in this vandalism that happened. Uh, certainly, concentration is much more in Guazulu Natal. Of those 250 or so outlets, most of them are in Guazulu Natal. And I think uh, uh, companies or businesses are reacting differently in terms of how they try and, and renovate and make sure that they bring back some level of security. There is great commitment from the manufacturer side, alcohol manufacturers that I represent, uh, to support those customers as much as possible in reviving the, the businesses. So we anticipate that uh, in the case of outlets that are that were not damaged, they will be able to operate those that were damaged. Uh, there are plans to try and, uh, and get them 
back into operation. Supplying um, outlets that require, you know, replenishing of stock and the likes, this is uh, going to be one of your challenges. How will that be overcome? Is there a plan in place within the industry to ensure that restaurants and other outlets that are not damaged get a stock? Yeah, I think what we were able to resolve when this current ban happened uh, initially, we were not allowed to to transport alcohol altogether on the road, other than for exports so straight to the harbour. Uh, however, that element was uh, adjusted, which means then we can be able to to manoeuvre within the each company infrastructure uh, to be able to be closer to to customers. In which case, if we are allowed to to trade, uh, or at least the announcement is made on Sunday we can be able at least to reach as many customers as possible by the opening time, which is usually 9 or 10 a.m. the following day. The industry has clearly never seen such, uh, I mean, uh, a year and a half already where you have been, you know, restricted a number of times, job loss, and now with this uh, current unrest that has destabilized uh, the industry's production, it's quite a difficult thing. How are you as uh, the South African Liquor Brand Owners Association trying to bring up the morale in the people who own the businesses uh, in the liquor industry? Because at the end of the day, when the morale is down amongst business owners, that industry is already going to be crippled because it won't have, you know, the energy to rise up. Yeah, well, they were stating if you talk about the morale and how people feel anxiety about their job security looking forward. I mean, the the sector supports around about a million uh, jobs in South Africa and we estimate at least around about 250,000 of that is at risk. So we call it at risk because uh, businesses respond in different ways. They cut hours, they retrench, and uh, do ver- various things. It, it, it is it is affecting most of the companies in terms of uh, internal sense of, of of security and ability to know whether the business will be operating. It's even worse for for those uh, people employed in uh, lower levels of of the, of the industry, say a waiter who actually makes money of a combination of a salary and uh, and chips and suddenly your chips are no longer there it's it's, uh, it's difficult to 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 survive under the circumstances and we are hoping the president can consider the economic difficulties that the country is in because whatever the cause was of the the unrest that we had last week uh, certainly there is a significant economic factor at play, a number of people without jobs and uh, who are desperate, and therefore we need to begin to uh, reduce the approach that seems to undermine the economic sectors in favor of uh, addressing the shortcomings, especially in relation to response to COVID. I think we could have done much better, much quicker on, on, on vaccines. We could have dealt uh, much better with various issues of say, corruption on the PPE uh, uh, procurement and various other things that are really causing frustration for those who then have to compensate by having their jobs uh, put at risk by closure of their industries.
As an A-team listener, I want to find out from you if um, you feel uh, or you can predict the future perhaps. Will the alcohol ban be lifted in the next address that the president will be giving us? And and if so, what are your thoughts around it? Do you think we should continue uh, knowing the state of the economy and how the alcohol industry contributes towards this in terms of employment and just uh, revenue generating to the country? Do you think the ban should continue or should the ban be lifted. Call in on 011-714-2006 or perhaps you are part of the alcohol industry. Either you work or, or in the industry or you own a business in the industry. Let us know how it has impacted you and your bottom line and how you feel you'll be able to forge forward. You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104107. Stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. 104 to 107 nationwide leading the conversation. That's SAFM Talking Point. I'm standing in for Kathy Mslatani. My name is Patricia Ntuli. We are in conversation with Sban Mgadi, who's the chairperson of the South African Liquor Brand Owners Association. And uh, they have given government a call to say, please lift the alcohol ban uh, so that the industry will be able to survive. Already it has been crippled by the previous bans, but also the current looting uh, that uh, we have seen happening in the country that affected their outlets and warehouses and uh, the likes. Uh, Sibani, you mentioned that 500 or more than 500 million rands worth of alcohol stock was looted. We are aware that there's an operation right now by law enforcement officers going house to house, community to community to recover the looted goods, uh, the stolen goods. Are you in agreement with, uh, you know, the message that has come from government to say all these goods need to be, you know, kept as evidence against uh, those who have looted? Or do you feel as the alcohol industry that this particular alcohol, when it is found, should be given back to those in the industry uh, to do with it as they, they, they need to do? Yeah, but Patricia, if you hadn't the my observation on on what is being collected, I've not seen any reasonable amount of alcohol that is being collected. That's why we have, we were acting with the government before they extended the ban. That already the outlets were under pressure uh, or targeted at the time when the Moy River entry incident happened already the outlets were being targeted at the time so this happens at the point at which uh, you already had 14 days of no trade so the penetration into the market i do not see uh, police having capability to retrieve to, to retrieve that alcoholic beverages that are, are circulating at this point uh, but as it may we we do work with the police in relation to what you call uh, illicit trade where people either uh, get uh, duty-free stock and uh, circulate it in the country instead of it, which was meant to, to leave the country and it's sold illegally. And there have been some, some progress in that space, as well as in the illicit uh, production, which basically uh, refilling of used branded bottles uh, filled with pure alcohol, neutralized in whatever way in the backyard, production process and sold uh, to the general public, which is essentially causing a lot of uh, health risk for people. In the Eastern Cape in particular, they've reported up to 19 deaths that have happened since 
the start of the lockdown as a result of uh, consumption of illicit trade. So from that perspective, yes, we do collaborate with the police, but uh, we haven't received any information that they are recovering anything that was stolen. And in, in particular, in our cases, at least I'll talk about a few manufacturers, including my employers, we were targeted by armed people, not not general public. We were targeted by armed people who appear to be very organized in their operation. And therefore, those people know what they were going to do and what they were looking for. And it's, I don't see uh, that uh, that progress being made in that front. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it runs quite deep, this thing. Um, there's a message here on SMS. It says, Patricia, we are thirsty already. Let them lift the ban on alcohol. And with this message, I just want to ask you, has the alcohol industry been able to have a positive impact on consumers, uh, ensuring that there's responsible drinking? Um, because obviously the, the bans have been due to the fact that most consumers of liquor are not responsible. And then we see the ripple effect in the hospitals, on the roads with accidents and the likes? Yes, uh, I think despite all the economic losses that you have had over the past, uh, I mean, since the start of the lockdown, we have lost probably, what, 23 weeks of trade, 161 days. Uh, but uh, with all the losses, economic losses, this industry and all the CEOs involved are fully committed to continue to invest in uh, responsible use of alcohol. They have made a commitment at least of one billion investment over five years, 200 million per year to be able to ch- get uh, problematic areas, which, as you have mentioned, drinking and driving is one of them. Pinch uh, uh, drinking is another, and uh, the third one being underage drinking. So that commitment still stands, and we hope that we can sit around the table with government and health researchers to be able to find uh, better insight and common understanding of what best interventions can give us the maximum returns in addressing that issue. Now, Luandle in Gokstad uh, in KZN says, Yes, government must lift up this nonsensical alcohol ban. It's time for cabinet lawmakers to put conscience onto the table and think about poor black people who have lost their jobs. Another one saying, uh, Good morning, Patricia. Honestly, the ban of alcohol sales is useless and ineffective. Tavern owners are selling alcohol at exorbitant prices. People are drinking despite the ban. The only people who are Affected and suffering are the manufacturers and their employees. It would be good for the economy if the ban was lifted. Let me go to the lines. Uh, Nikita in Kabecha is on the line. Good morning, Nikita. Yeah, hello. Togoza uh, Gogo. Togoza Nikita. Um, number one, there's one thing that really breaks my heart about this whole lockdown is that there's a woman, black woman, who started a microbrewery and it has subsequently closed down. Her name was Apiwe. Uh, and and secondly, alcohol is available. For a person who has the money and can move around, you can source alcohol, albeit it has gone underground, right? And I'm trying to think, like, what was the rationale? The rationale was to save lives and also livelihoods. But um, it just has caused inflation of alcohol. And it's making many businesses to go down. I'm not trying. I'm not being sympathetic. I, I am in a way, but I'm trying to balance this. What is actually? What is the ban actually doing 
to the alcohol industry and to the people allowed. Can they not open for off-site consumption and actually make sure that they can actually police it? Because there's no point in coming out with a law proclamation gathering something if you cannot police it. Well, Nikita, we heard you loud and clear, Gogo, and I hope in Quebecer people are responsible when it comes to uh, the consumption of alcohol. And look, we're crossing fingers uh, that the alcohol uh, industry is going to get what they are requesting in the next address that the president is going to give us. Thank you very much, Nikita. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to go straight to Anne Musa because it's already 10.30 so that Anne can give us uh, the news headlines. But I'm going to ask you, Sbani, to please stay on the line because we have some of our listeners who still want to comment on this. Is that okay with you? Uh, Sbani, are you still there? Yes, that's okay. All right, excellent. Uh, straight to Anne Musa with the news headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Bidding, the rand is trading at 14 rand and 76 cents to the dollar, 20 rand and uh, 27 cents to the pound. Uh, it's at uh, 17 rand and 38 to the euro. Markets in Asia ended weaker, but uh, Japan's Nikkei was closed due to a public holiday. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange is high in mid-morning trade. Markets in Europe are around half a percent firmer, while gold is trading at $1,808 an ounce and platinum is trading at $1,088 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is currently at $73.70 a barrel. Let's have the conversation at SAFM Radio on Twitter. From those who are saying they are thirsty already, lift the alcohol ban to those who are, are quite concerned about uh, the alcohol uh, ban being lifted. That's what we are talking about right now. We want to hear from you as uh, we've got uh, Sbani Mgade, who is a chairperson of the South African Liquor Brand Owners Association on the line, calling out to the president to say, please, and in your next address, lift this ban. We have already lost more than 500 million rands worth of alcohol stock due to the looting. Uh, Sbani, I'm going to Ephraim, who's in Mangueng, and uh, Ephraim wants to comment on this, and then I'll come to you. Ephraim, good morning. Good morning, Ephraim. Your line is not good. I'm going to uh, let you go. I'm going to go to Owen in George. Good morning, Owen. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning to your guests. Um, I can understand the, the issues around the, the alcohol ban and the the loss of jobs, right? I mean, but but the issue at hand is uh, really about the responsibility of South African uh, liquor users, right? And, and it's a tragedy, uh, considering our history of of liquor in alcohol in this country, you know, dating back from our colonial days, right? And we have become so dependent on alcohol. Um, when are we going to move in a direction when um, we start regulating? The use of alcohol. There are there are countries in the world that do that, right? Where where people only can allow certain amount of consumption per month or something like that. Um, we should be moving in that direction. And and those who sell alcohol, they should start investing their money in 
in other is- uh, other 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 industries, right? We will hold up our country. Thank you very much, Owen. Uh, we've heard you loud and clearly. Uh, let's try Ephraim once again. Ephraim, good morning. All right, uh, we don't have Ephraim. Let me come back to you, Sbani. Sbani, um, give us comments. You've heard uh, some of the you know, SM, um, messages via WhatsApp and SMS and also what um, our caller, Owen, has said around the alcohol ban. Yeah, maybe to address the issue, uh, the concern around the contribution of alcohol in relation to, to COVID. In fact, in the build-up to the extension of the current ban, that is on the 11th of of uh, this month, because we were understanding the circumstances and the situation in Gauteng in particular, we asked for just the opening of, of uh, sales for home consumption. Because if you look at it honestly, uh, purchase at the poker store has no higher risk level than purchase at a grocery shop where you are purchasing bread. Actually, some of the supermarkets have wine uh, in those in those uh, aisles, and taking that does not increase any risk on, of infection. At this point, with this uh, epidemic stabilizing and showing the signs of a decline, we are calling for the opening of both the sit-down environment as well as the, the sale for home consumption. Now, the second part was the statement made by the president when he initially implemented this plan on the 27th of June. He said that it was a recommendation from the Ministerial Advisory Council, which sits in the Ministry of Health. We approached the, the council to say, give us evidence that suggests or that informed your recommendation to, to ban. The chairperson of the advisory council has come back to us to say, no, the decision is that of the NCC, and he could not confirm or deny that uh, the, the panel of experts in that council recommended the ban as it was implemented today. So we have two sets of um, uh, 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 decision-making, uh, is the recommendation from the advisory council, as well as decision-making at the NCC, not giving clear information as to what the scientific basis for banning all of the sales uh, in the manner in which it was done and not being public about it. And that's really concerning because somewhere in between the two structures, then somebody is uh, probably misleading us as to what the basis of the current ban is. Ephraim is back on the line. Uh, good morning, Ephraim. Morning, Ephraim. Good, thank you. Yes. Please switch off your radio set. I'm hearing myself oh, yeah, echo. Yeah, fine. It's just that I was just driving on my Bluetooth. I'm sorry. Um, Patricia, uh, what I'm thinking here now, I, I think uh, we need to uplift the banner. We've seen the, the business, um, the alcohol business industry actually struggling. But I would like to urge that the president maybe, if maybe he's selling, uh, it does or that industry does uh, contribute to the peak or uh, to, 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 for the problem of um, numbers to peak. Um, um, uh, otherwise, well, let's just have this condition. Conditions, let it be a buy and go. And then at least, again, again, it is with the responsibility of the very same tavern owners just to secure their business or the, the liquor uh, owners, uh, places, just to secure places to make sure that if they can be let to uh, sell and go, let it be sell and go. Because at the end of the day, 
the, those that are suffering is them more than us, the, the drinkers. This is actually my contribution, but I'm aging. Please, President, unban and, and uplift the, the, the alcohol ban. Those businesses are struggling. People are losing jobs. Thank you very much. I heard you loud and clearly, Ephraim. Um, so, Spane, generally, from what Ephraim has said, it seems that there's, there's more South Africans who are saying, well, let, let's open up the alcohol, as opposed to those who are saying, close the industry. Yeah, I think it's a very logical conclusion, to be honest, uh, Patricia. If you look at it, uh, reality is we have, uh, what, uh, two big, uh, most populous uh, provinces in this country having illegal alcohol circulating either within them or outside of that, a significant amount. It means many people are consuming alcohol in any case. So the only people who are being punished here is basically legal traders who can open their doors and sell legally in whichever province they, they find themselves in. And the second party that gets punished also is the consumer who can't uh, purchase uh, because government doesn't allow uh, that purchase to open. Of course, ourselves, we are losing a significant amount of revenue. If you look at the whole four bands that we have had, we have lost something like $45 billion in, in sales revenue. Government is a loser as well in the process. We shouldn't forget that because... Uh, they've lost around about 10 billion rands in excise tax. So to give your listeners a perspective on how significant these taxes are, if you purchase a bottle of vodka, it's the low-end vodka at 140 rands, 74 rand of that goes directly into government as excise tax. And the balance of that is between uh, the value chain and profit back to the to the manufacturers. So it is a significant loss for government as well, because then the value chain also contributes in other forms of taxes, variety and various other things that we we we, we contribute. And in that wider tax bracket, we estimate around about 34 billion that government has lost as a result of all the of all the four banks. At the end, the beneficiary under the circumstances is an illegal trader who doesn't pay checks, who just abuses the, the opening that happens with all the, with all the bands. And uh, at the end, it, it really uh, in, increases the culture of illegality in our country, forcing people who like to purchase to have only one channel, which is illegal purchase of either a counterfeit or a real product that is being traded illegally. Let me go to Ben, who's in Limpopo. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Patricia. How are you doing? Strong, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for asking. Um, also, your guest, Sivanya, there. Uh, Patricia, I just want to ask Sivanya if they do educate their, their customers or their clients in terms of um, education, meaning by um, the government says uh, 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 we must we must restrict this this um, regulation. So, do they tell their clients what the government told them? Do they educate them on that? And one other issue is that um, I, I don't think they are supposed to rush into um, uh, making revenues because if you look at this, um, we are we are trying to government is trying to save lives. In, 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 in they're they 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 saving lives and they don't want people to lose their lives because of alcohol. So I agree with, with Subanya that they can uplift the alcohol ban 
for 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 home consumption. That one I agree fully. But um, rushing into making money, I don't think it's a it's a good idea because we are trying to save lives. People who are drink who are alcohol consumers, they don't respect. They don't. They are. They are not. They are not controllable. You can't control them. If you open now alcohol, you can see tomorrow we are going to have how many life death deaths outside. Mm. You know. Thank you very it's much, very Ben. Important. It's very important that they they educate. Thank you very much, Ben. Asbane, please weigh in on Ben's uh, comment. Yes, it's, it's highly appreciated. I think the uh, point is really taken on the education element. That's the area where I've said, despite all the losses and everything else, it's an area that you are fully committed on. And together with it, it requires also uh, both um, stick and carrot kind of thing, where you teach people to do the right thing, but also you need better enforcement. So in a drinking and driving scenario, you still need to make sure that people who are uh, violating that law then are charged accordingly. We are, we are reaching out to this Department of Transport where there is better reception to collaborate in that area. For instance, we uh, are providing what you call alcohol evidence centers, which allow it's a mobile unit that allows traffic officers to gather, gather evidence on the side of the road that it uh, that is admissible uh, in, for prosecution because I think the issue there has been the blood sampling and then it goes through and it never comes back and that those cases never never get uh, get resolved. Now, on the, there's always an issue around contribution of alcohol in relation to trauma or unnatural deaths. The study that we did, uh, we looked at South African situation in relation to the lockdown uh, five, uh, lockdown five, four, and three, and then there was a significant reduction in the number of uh, uh, trauma admissions, uh, up to about sixty percent. But we, what we then did was to compare the South African scenario versus other countries that did implement the in terms of the curfew, uh, but did not uh, implement alcohol ban. That would be the UK or Italy and a couple of other countries. And we found that those countries achieved the same level of reduction in trauma admissions despite those countries not uh, banning alcohol sales. In our view, the curfew has greater role in uh, reducing the level of trauma and unnatural deaths that we experienced during lockdown level five and four. And uh, that's what we probably are debating now with the Medical Research Council, and we hope we can find some level of both South African view as well as the global perspective using the countries that never really implemented the alcohol ban. Because South Africa is very unique in its approach to this. Other, other countries do implement restrictions, but they don't go as far as banning everything. Let me go to Lucas in Northern Cape. Uh, good morning, Lucas. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Patricia. Um, look, uh, I'm going to be very short, brief, straight to the point. Patricia, look, I'm staying in a community or in a town. Um, and one thing I can tell you what I've noticed, I'm not against alcohol, um, uh, uh, the, the sale of alcohol, and I'm definitely not promoting it. But what I've from where I'm staying, 
Patricia, people have been buying alcohol ever since the first lockdown. Alcohol was available. The only thing is that the prices were a little bit steeper. But alcohol has always been so. I, I, I don't ever heard anyone in my community complaining about the alcohol. I mean, one of the sellers complaining about it. Because these guys are making thousands. And uh, these guys, when they're stalking, every time they hear that the president is going to speak, these people are stalking. And uh, they make a lot of money. So what I'm saying is, whether it's locked down to some district, uh, some uh, alcohol sellers or not, these guys are making money. I'll tell you, in my society, uh, 750, what we normally call in the Kasi as a court, it sells for 40 rent, 45 rent. And uh, uh, even I've seen cops, I've seen, I've seen police officers, I've, see, I've seen anybody buying. So it's not a matter of losing any money. I'm sure it's the distributors up there or whoever that is losing. But where I'm from where I am from, I don't see anybody. The only time that these people are losing money is when they sold everything. But then they still have a lot of money for the profits. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you Goodbye. very much, Lucas. Thank you. We've heard it loud and clearly. Some communities are not struggling with anything. Swane, let's uh, wrap up our conversation. You are hoping that the president's next address will lift the ban and uh, this will make a difference for you as the alcohol industry. Yeah, we, we are hoping that uh, cabinet and uh, the NCC will really analyze the real situation that uh, there is no more any justification for, for the continued ban. Uh, what Lucas is mentioning is exactly the picture that I was trying to paint, that uh, once you close, there will be stocking up. We uh, Most of our members report a higher number of uh, hijackings of trucks and robbery of uh, alcohol premises as soon as the conversation around the ban begins. So you can anticipate that then those people hold the stock and wait for the legal uh, products to uh, flush out of the system, and then they make their alcohol available. In fact, the, what you're saying that it's a little bit higher prices, those prices are exorbitant. We have seen uh, two to three times the price that you would have paid as a normal retail shop. So it, it's, it's a difficult situation, and it promotes illegality, because when the whole community is uh, procuring or purchasing in an illegal manner, then those people are being encouraged to break other laws. And this is what happened uh, last week, where you see a mass community violating the laws of this country, and we can continue uh, along those lines. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, good luck with the next announcement. Thank you very much.